Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I was just kind of minding my own business last night, trying to take care of some family stuff, knowing I'm going to be gone over the weekend. And there's a message from Georgia on social media that kind of gets a lot of attention and has left a lot of Georgia fans trying to figure out exactly what's going on here with all of this. I want to show you this if you're watching on video. There's not much to see. It is very cryptic. I think it's intentionally mysterious. But it's been fun to watch Georgia fans trying to guess on this after it's all said and done. I think we have this for you. So if you're watching on video, you see the smoke. Now, this is one of those moments in which I'm not being funny. I'm being serious here. This is one of those moments where I wish I wasn't um, colorblind because this appears to be from George. You get the eyeball emoji on the tweet. This appears to be a little bit of a nod towards the possibility that a alternate uniform of some kind is coming at some point. And you'd be left to presume, well, it's going to be this Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina, or maybe sometime in the future. But given the fact that it comes out here on a Thursday night leading into the weekend in South Carolina, you're kind of left to wonder, is this alternate uniform here for Georgia? And as I said before, I'm sort of colorblind, so I can't really look at this shadowy figure with the fire behind him to just tell, is this the all whites? Is it the red pants? Well, you know, what's going on here? And it has been fun to watch Georgia fans try to guess on all of this. And I guess I'm of the same mind that some Georgia fans are, that if this is a return to the uniform from 2020, when Georgia wore the red pants, the white jerseys in Fayetteville, Arkansas, now that's weird because that was the first pandemic game. And the vibe around that game was very, very different than I think Georgia thought it would be when it introduced those uniforms. But if they bring those back, I'd be thrilled with that. I mean, there's a little bit of a tiny tweak I might make to that uniform. But beyond that, I think the red pants, the white jerseys, a very old school look for Georgia, taking it back to the 1980s. I think that's one of the best uniforms they have, especially when you bring the block number kind of into that. That is a sharp, sharp looking uniform. And then a couple of other folks were mentioning, hey, you know, Columbia, South Carolina, one of these places where it's typically very hot when Georgia goes to play. If there was ever a time to break up the all white uniforms, this would be a time to do that. You know, uh, Georgia's the away teams obviously won't be wearing a dark colored jersey unless something really weird goes down. But uh, the odds are Georgia's going to be wearing the traditional white jerseys on the road. And a lot of you remember back during the off season and back during the summer recruiting season when a lot of Georgia players were taking their official visits during the month of June, you saw those white uniforms come out. The the white helmet, the white jersey, the white pants. It's a very different look for Georgia. And as someone like me who is typically speaking been kind of a uniform traditionalist you know that's a little bit of a departure from what I would normally like to have you know Georgia wear but the honest truth is I've enjoyed watching people be excited about those uniforms it almost kind of reminds me I'm from I'm, I didn't go to Gainesville High School but um but I am from Gainesville it almost kind of reminds me of what like Gainesville would have worn over the years um and so it's not my sort of preferred choice for Georgia, but watching the way in which Georgia fans get excited about those uniforms, I, I wouldn't mind seeing those you know get brought out there as well. It's been kind of fun to, to see that. The other thing I kind of joked about on social media last night about this is one of the things you've heard us talk about is the fact that Auburn all week long has been teasing wearing orange against Penn State. That you know last year they were victims of the whiteout there in Happy Valley and State College. And now it's Penn State's turn to come into Auburn. And, you know, Auburn and Penn State would have a similar color scheme. So maybe this is a good opponent to do this uh, against. But there's been this thought of, ooh, Auburn's going to be an all-orange. And that's been the thing they put out on social media. 
Can you imagine how hideous that would look? I mean, can you imagine how ugly and awful that would be to see Auburn, who's already a pretty, you know, sort of an ugly look, add even more orange into their uniform? And how great would it be to see Georgia step up and steal the thunder of the Auburn Tigers by actually wearing something that looks cool, whether it be the red pants or the all-white or whatever else, and the big response that might get? And I think that we're also in kind of a time now where I think Georgia fans have the freedom to kind of enjoy this and appreciate this, that that this is not a motivational ploy for Georgia if it does indeed wear alternate uniforms, even whether it be this Saturday against South Carolina or any time in the future. This is now just more of a fashion choice that Georgia doesn't need the motivation. Now, we talked yesterday about, oh, maybe you'll use something that somebody said about you, or maybe Will Muschamp will use the fact that he got fired by South Carolina. I'm not saying you don't use the small motivational ploys you might have at your disposal. That's obviously true. But for Georgia fans in the past who maybe kind of, you know, were forced to lean on the the power of an alternate uniform as a way of propelling Georgia to do something that might otherwise not be capable of doing, we know that's not what the story of this Georgia team is. They are very likely to win and win in dominant fashion no matter what they're wearing and no matter who they're playing. So why not have some fun? For a program that's as buttoned up and as serious as Georgia is, and that mindset serves it well, the business-like approach that Georgia takes, I think for the most part, has made this program a national champion, and it's kind of kept it as a part of the national championship uh, story for the upcoming this season we're in right now as well. But when you are that business-like, when you are that professional, when you are that serious, and Georgia sometimes takes a very serious approach to football, finding a way on the periphery of all that to have fun really is important. The one thing that I think the recruiting is helping us do in college football, it's helping us reframe what's happening on a sort of weekly basis for college football. I think teams now understand that when you can find some fun, you should. You know, we're seeing sort of, you know, good personalities like Sam Pittman have success. And you know, to a certain extent, I think that Shane Beamer's a little bit like that too with some of the video stuff that he's done. They're embracing fun, and fun seems to be helping them propel their program. Now, at Georgia, something different has worked. It's the serious business-like approach that's worked. But that doesn't mean you don't try to find some fun when you can. And if you can wear a different uniform here on Saturday and make that fun for the players, make it fun for the fans, I think you'd be crazy not to do that. Now, let me shift gears completely now and talk about the game on the field here for a moment. I'm going to be very old school. Like, you remember watching TV football games back in, like, say, the I'm a child of the 80s, so I, I'll think back to that time when I was a little boy, and you watch John Madden as the color analyst, or I don't know who else it would be, you know, back in that time, you know, that was the, the analyst for the game, and before the game kicked off, you always kind of turn to that person. There's still a version of this on TV right now, but you sort of turn to that person and say, all right, John, tell me your keys to victory. That's always kind of been the go-to um I guess, staple for game preview keys to victory. You also kind of read about that kind of stuff in the newspaper leading into a lot of this. They're just kind of keys to victory uh, that you think of when you think about uh, Georgia football or anybody playing college football. What are the keys to victory for the game that's coming up? And when I think about Georgia against South Carolina on Saturday, no matter what uniform they're wearing, for me, there's really kind of only one key to victory here in this game. It's something that Kirby Smart said going back to the Oregon game a couple of weeks ago, you know, kind of shrugging off some of that performance and what Georgia did against the Ducks. Kirby's saying, hey, Dan Lanning knows this, whether he admits it or not. We just have better players. That was Smart's evaluation after the 49-3 win against Oregon. And for Georgia, for the most part, in every game this regular season and, and against a lot of other opponents that Georgia could play in the postseason, it may be just as simple as that. Georgia just has better players than the team that it's playing. That is certainly true for this upcoming Saturday in Columbia against the Gamecocks. 
that, listen, crazy things can happen. A weird turnover could occur. Some sort of injury could occur. There are things that can make college football unpredictable. But if those things don't happen, then the outcome of this game is relatively easy to predict. Whether Georgia wins by 23 or 27, Georgia just has better players and ought to be coasting to an easy victory against the South Carolina Gamecocks. In a lot of ways, that's the only key to victory that matters. But that does not mean it's the only point of emphasis that I think that Georgia fans should be paying attention to. I'm going to kind of finish our week here by thinking about some of the things we've talked about already this week. I'm going to give you two things, one on offense, one on defense. So in a game in which the only key to victory is the fact that Georgia has an overwhelming talent advantage, here are two things I want you to watch for pretty closely. On offense, when Georgia runs it, how well do they run it? And this is one of those things that's kind of weirdly kind of turned into a hot topic. On this show, we have certainly been very clear. We believe that Georgia has a stellar offense, and we believe that stellar offense is propelled by Todd Munkin, an offensive coordinator, who is, I think, truly a superior offensive mind. And the players that he's deploying for Georgia this year, I think, are achieving somewhere near their top-end level of performance simply because that's how well the Georgia offense works. But I think there is also a time this year when Georgia's going to need to pair what it's currently doing well with kind of traditional football. The way I was saying this to my uh, audience before you joined us is, is in some respects, football can be checkers, not chess. It doesn't have to be super complicated. That when you throw the ball, sometimes it kind of comes down to you either have better skill, better scheme. That's the recipe for completing successful pass plays. And that's really good to have. But there also comes a moment, maybe at some point in time during the season, when you face an opponent who has equal skill. When you face an opponent who may have equal scheme in terms of how they're counterbalancing what you're trying to do offensively. Well, at that point in time, it also helps to be stronger than your opponent. And that's what the traditional running game shows. So I don't want Georgia to call more running plays. I just want it to run better when it does call those running plays because you better believe they're not going to stop calling running plays. But would I like to see those running plays maybe be a little bit more successful? Yeah, I, I kind of would. That's something that I'm sort of watching for on Saturday, that when Georgia runs it, how well does it run it and how much of a traditional rushing attack between the tackles, showing some power, showing some strength, how much can that add to the things that Georgia's already doing very well offensively? Because if you add that as a counterpunch to the uh, very successful passing attack that's in place for Georgia right now, then truly this offense could be on the verge of being unstoppable. On the flip side, I'm looking for more pass rush from UGA. And this has been a big hot topic for me for virtually the entire season. I want our entire offseason, too. We talked about this for many, many months leading this year. That to me, the real differentiator for Georgia defensively last season was how well it got to quarterbacks. That Georgia prior to 2021 had had years in which it didn't give up very many points, and it had years when it didn't give up very many yards. But a lot of those very good defenses were on teams that sort of stopped short of some of their end-of-season goals. And I think the next step that could have helped propel 2018 or 2019, teams like that for Georgia would have been just a little bit more effective pass rush. Last year, Georgia had 49 sacks. Right now, through two games, it doesn't look like it's this kind of pass rush for Georgia right now. Now, some of that's been opponent-dependent. Some of that's been game-plan-dependent for the way in which the opponents have kind of tried to scheme up against this Georgia defense. But at a certain point, you got to get after quarterbacks more. And doing that against Spencer Rattler on Saturday would be a pretty good indication that maybe Georgia's also rounding into form when it comes to that aspect of the defense there as well. So to sum all of this up, 
no matter what color uniforms that Georgia's wearing, and I don't mind them bringing out an alternate look for Saturday. I think that'd be fun if that's indeed what they're going to do. But no matter what color uniform Georgia's wearing, I do expect it to beat South Carolina easily because it's just got way more talent than South Carolina has. But how Georgia uses that talent on Saturday to me is going to be pretty interesting. When it does run it, how effective are those rushing plays on defense? Are they getting after Spencer Rattler? Are they putting him on his on his back? Are they starting to show some of the tenacious tendencies that made the 2021 defense so dominant? Those are two things that I think will be really fun to watch as you head towards Saturday. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Good morning to you, and thanks for being with us here today. I'm, of course, dressed up in my high school football attire today, not the traditional red and black, but you'll see me in Dog Nation year tomorrow if you're in Columbia, South Carolina, or if you join us live on video. So we'll look forward to doing that with you then. Speaking of video, we appreciate you being live with us right now. Of course, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We start even earlier than that, 945 on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. So we appreciate you all of you checking us out on video, podcast. Boy, it's been a good week for us on podcast after, oh boy, what was not the, the best week last week with the issues with the Apple player. But thus far, things seem to be pretty good with that. So We'll, uh, I guess, count our blessings and say it's good to be back in normal form on podcast here this week. And for those of you who were patient with us or for those of you that were pleasantly surprised, we kind of popped back on your device. Either way, thanks for clicking in and being a part of our show. Of course, in the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 Ref. Happy to have you with us here today there as well. And a big thanks to all of our friends at Kroger for making all of this possible. Uh, Georgia hoping to make williams Bryce Stadium a house of horrors for South Carolina tomorrow. And speaking of that, Halloween's coming right around the corner there as well. And it's not so scary when you think about the uh, great things you get to enjoy at Kroger as you get ready for the big, big, big day coming up at the end of this month, especially if you've got kids like me. Halloween's a big deal. And Kroger is always the place we turn to to get ready for that very big day, including 20% off uh, holiday decor right now. Uh, Halloween lights has become kind of a bigger deal, the decorations and things like that people put on the outside of their house. And, of course, all the candy there as well. Big 20% savings when you stop by and go to your local Kroger store or when you check them out at Kroger.com slash Halloween. That's Kroger.com slash Halloween for a lot more on that. All right, we're going to talk some UGA recruiting with Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a moment. We'll go on the road with him, assisted by AAA. Before that, though, let's stay at home. Let's do Around the Doghouse, presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services today. And I think in the midst of everything we just talked about with Georgia, I think it's also appropriate to kind of pause here for a moment and talk for about what Georgia is really doing remarkably well thus far this season. And to think about what has a chance to be another very interesting data point for those of us in our ongoing evaluation of the team that we all care about and be another chapter in the story that's currently being told. Y'all, it is really happening for Stetson Bennett right now. It is amazing to kind of be a, I guess, observer of the national media right now and sometimes when you say national media it sort of has this negative connotation to it but I just mean like the people kind of outside the bubble of dog nation who just talk about college football and they kind of do it from sort of a survey perspective it's amazing how much chatter Stetson Bennett's getting right now and almost all of it is positive and there is still maybe a little bit of skepticism baked into this a bit and maybe that's justified who knows but there's no doubt that Bennett is a much hotter topic than he would have been you know, around this time a year ago. I mean, we were halfway through the season before anybody was talking about him at all last year, obviously not beginning of the year as the starter. And in some of those moments when he was being discussed, he was not always being discussed in kind of a positive light. But through two weeks, it's a real thing right now. People are really treating him as 
the kind of quarterback for a team like Georgia that could win the national championship, which means he's getting Heisman consideration. Some people are starting to talk more about, you know, where could he be drafted and things like that. But but there's no doubt that that Bennett is a part of a conversation now that was not true a year ago. And so Kirby Smart was asked on Tuesday, our friend Connor Raleigh asked his question about the growth that he's seen in Bennett thus far this year. And I thought that Smart gave an interesting answer to that. So this is Kirby from Tuesday night on kind of what he's seen from Bennett and what Bennett has to show, has a chance to show in a game like South Carolina on Saturday. Here's Kirby. Um, I think confidence in himself. That's the biggest change. I mean, he uh, he prepared the right, right way last year. He continues to prepare the right way in terms of what he watches on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, what his answers are, um, what run checks we have, what pass checks we have, what decision-making process we have. He, he, he gets better and better at it with reps, but uh, he's got confidence in himself, and he's seen himself play well in, in big moments. I think that helps the quarterback uh, be able to play with a little more composure. It may be true that Setson has more confidence now than he's had before, and maybe the performances that he's had has led that to be the case. But it's also important to note this. And one of the like, if I cite a stat on this show, I try to make sure it's one that I can understand and explain. And if I can't do that, then I shouldn't be mentioning it on the show because it's just going to sound like gobbledygook. Like one of the things you don't hear me talk about very much is like quarterback rating or QBR, things like that. And the reason why I don't talk about that stat is I have no idea how it's tabulated. I have no idea. Some form of passer rating has existed for most of my life, but I've never really understood like what it means or how you tabulate it. So therefore, I rarely mention it. But if you look at like the ESPN QBR number, Bennett's number right now is actually slightly worse than it was for a full season a year ago. I think he's eighth nationally in QBR right now. Wasn't he like third nationally in that quarterback rating stat from a year ago? So in one respect, maybe he's not playing all that much better right now than he played a year ago. Maybe this is just causing people to kind of reconsider the fact, oh yeah, down the stretch last year, uh, Stetson actually was really pretty good for UGA. But beyond all that, whether it's true or not, he is clearly kind of helping Georgia be in a strong position. And I think that Saturday could be a really fun day for him. This is another one of those games which Bennett's going to go head-to-head against a quarterback that over the course of the last few months has just gotten more attention than Stetson has. You know, Spencer Rattler is sort of everything that Bennett wasn't, formerly elite recruit, you know, at a place like Oklahoma where they're going to ask to throw the ball all over the place. This is sort of like a quarterback's quarterback in some regards. And I don't know that Rattler has done a very good job of living into those expectations. But transferring to South Carolina does so with a lot of notoriety, with a lot of attention. And I think that most people, when they looked ahead to this game in the offseason, would have said, oh, that's a day in which quarterback is a clear advantage for South Carolina. This also creates an opportunity now for Stetson Bennett to come out here in kind of a gunslinger matchup against the other quarterback. Bennett has a chance tomorrow to outplay Spencer Rattler. Now, the caveat to this is is that Rattler's going up against the Georgia defense and Bennett's going up against the South Carolina defense, so there's a little bit of a built-in advantage for Stetson. But even understanding that, the overall point is still true, that Bennett has a chance to outduel a guy like Rattler tomorrow. And if he does, this is a game that's going to get a lot of attention. It's a relatively light slate for the, for the, the season right now, uh, week three is. So the Georgia-South Carolina game will probably get a good bit of attention. And if Bennett goes out there and outduels Rattler, if he just performs better head-to-head compared to the Gamecocks quarterback, then the legend of Stetson Bennett that's been growing the last couple of weeks is going to probably grow even more. And the confidence that Bennett has in himself that Kirby Smart just described, maybe that grows too. Y'all, the rest of the country is on pins and needles right now because if Georgia really does figure out quarterback the way that it seems to be right now to go along with everything else that it has – 
this team that's been on the verge of unstoppable now for quite some time may find even an additional gear to go to. That is Around the Doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I love what Berkshire Hathaway Home Services does because they step up and take care of you in whatever real estate situation you might find yourself in. And let's face it, when you move into a scenario where buying some property or selling a home that you might own or a house that you might own, when, when, when that becomes reality for you, you're talking about what is sort of a high-stake situation. You're either making a move to kind of put your family in a position that you, that you think is going to be good, new job, something like that, or it's a it's an investment, you know, a chance to kind of fulfill some of the dreams that you have financially, or it's that next step free from a business standpoint, that commercial property. Whatever the scenario that might cause you to think about real estate is for you a very high-stake scenario, all the more reason to have the strength of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services behind you. Let's face it, they got 29 offices across our state. That's 1,500 associates serving the metro Atlanta area, serving the state of Georgia, doing big things for you to take care of your home buying needs, your your, your uh, the house that you need to sell, the, the investment you want to make, commercial property, whatever else. They're there for you. They provide integrity. They provide expertise, transaction experts. Let's face it. When you go under contract on a home, whether you're selling it, whether you're buying it, that's when the real work begins. And a great agent holds that deal together. And that's what Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is all about, taking care of you across the entire landscape, advising you about you know, uh, how to handle the mortgage part of this, the financing part of this, the insurance relocation situation, you're moving somewhere else. They're there for you on all of that because they believe that the best time for new beginnings is right now. So make sure you reach out. BHHSGeorgia.com. That's BHHSGeorgia.com. Happy to have Berkshire Hathaway Home Services as a part of Around the Doghouse here today. Also happy to have all of you there, too. Before we're done, Ella Dorsey from CBS46.com, great meteorologist, going to be on the show. She's also a big dog fan, too. It's always fun to talk to Ella. And she's going to tell us, is Georgia catching a break on the weather? Is it going to be maybe not quite so hot in Columbia compared to the way that maybe has been in the past? We'll let her tell us that here coming up in a moment. But for now, on everything as it relates to UGA recruiting, let's do all of that with Jeff Sintel as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA here today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We will say hello to Jeff Sintel on the road, assisted by AAA. Jeff had a great edition of Before the Hedges, presented by Kroger this past Wednesday, and one of the things he talked about was one of the things he also wrote about this past week at DogNation.com. Really fascinating video that Jeff captured of Samuel Mpemba, the five-star, you know, defensive star, walking, talking with Kirby Smart. Jeff, I'll invite everybody to kind of check out that story at DogNation.com and kind of see more of that from before the hedges this past week. You know, to me, it's one of those really kind of rare behind-the-scenes moment where we see Smart working. Listen, this is prior to a game. This is, you know, obviously you know, it's only Sanford, but but still it's game day. And Kirby Smart's, you know, as a coach kind of in game mode. But taking that extra time and providing that extra attention to a guy like Mpemba, that's a pretty interesting window into way Smart works, is it not? Good morning. I'm going to tell you this. Um, I've been on the field uh, watching pregame warm-ups, watching recruits, uh, watching them filter in, watching the team warm up. Uh, since, let me see, September of 2015, Brandon, I've never seen Kirby do that with a recruit before. Um, it's possible it happened. 
Uh, maybe I was uh, at another site where it was another, like a Kent State type game and it happened, but I don't think so. And I think that's probably the way you have to recruit in, in this day and age with portals and NILs. But I want to ask you this. I know you, you scan all our video and all our comments and all our quotes we put on dognation.com. I have this feeling that Kirby had this synchronized when he knew the student section was down and they would be coming down and filing into those bleachers. Because, Brandon, he does the dog walk. I even looked back through all my pictures so I could catalog it really well. Um, 154, he, he walks through the dog walk, shakes hands, makes people's day. Then he goes and does a two-minute hit with SEC Network pregame. And then he goes into the locker room, comes back roughly eight minutes later with Samuel and Pimba. And they're walking out there at 2.07, not quite two hours before game time. Oh, and lo and behold, literally people are looking like Black Friday running down the steps trying to get to the front row at Sanford Stadium. I thought it was I, I thought it was incredible. Never seen that before. Not Jalen Walker, not George Pickens, not Samir White, not Justin Fields. Never seen that before in Sanford Stadium. And that was a good probably seven-minute walk around Sanford Stadium. And I look at that video, and I'm trying to think, okay, is he saying that's where Jordan Davis led the band? Um, yeah. Yada yada yada. This is where uh, this is where uh, Roquan Smith made that big play right here. You know, just the things watching that video, seeing the glee. I think that was Kirby Smart in his purest element, recruiting with a recruit, telling him about how much he loves Georgia and how great Georgia could be. I thought that was quintessential Kirby Smart right well, there. Well, to me, here's what it's a little bit of a reminder of, which is. In this day and age, obviously NIL is so important, and that's clearly become a pretty big factor in recruiting, whether it's on the record or off the record. I mean, the fact is is that this is a big factor in the recruiting story here right now. But when you see Smart taking that personal time with Mpemba, I think it should be an indication that relationships still matter too. And, Jeff, the comparison I'll make here is, you know, I don't really follow the NBA like I used to, but I do know this, is that in this sort of free agent frenzy that always goes on the offseason, you know, very little of the conversations about who's going to pay so-and-so player the most. It's about which other players do I want to play with? Which city do I want to live in? What's the best situation for me? And I think that college football is kind of moving in a similar regard that if you're a great player, your NIL opportunity is going to be pretty similar wherever you go. So if the money is the same everywhere, then it becomes about, hey, which coach do I want to play for? Which university community is going to sort of be the most enjoyable for me to be a part of? You know, Who's kind of doing it? on the field in the way that I want to be a part of the players I'm going to be playing with is that as NIL becomes a factor here, I don't think it means the other things aren't a factor. Now there may be some players who say, Hey, it's all money for me. And that's all I care about. But honestly, I think those players are sort of destined to be somewhat unhappy that if you're a guy like Mpemba, you're going to probably make NIL bucks wherever you go. So I do think spending some time and walking around with a guy that might be your head coach in addition to the money, I think that also still really matters too. Yeah, Brandon, you said a lot there. That kind of bubbled up so many thoughts in my head. Number one, I thought it was a priceless moment. Uh, number two, I can't see any other uh, coach in the country pulling that off and, and feeling and looking as natural as Kirby Smart did. That was him and his element. Can you imagine maybe a Dabo Sweeney or a Ryan Day or uh, you know Billy Napier or even a Jimbo Fisher, by all means, um, doing that same thing with a recruit. I don't know if it would look as right. I don't know if it would be genuine. And the one thing I will layer on top of that pretty good thought you had right there, Brandon, is I want to make this clear point. 
I think the money is going to be the money, and then it's going to be a matter of how much money is enough. Enough is enough. There's one school's, I don't know, mid to high six figures. Uh, is that going to take the cake for all these recruits, or will it be one school's healthy six figures, and that will be enough for an athlete to live very comfortably for their family to feel like you know they've gotten a little bit of ease in their standard of living. I think those things matter where, you know, this is what I see and believe to be true, Brandon. Georgia's not going to recruit players off numbers and NIL checks. They feel like what they've built over the last seven years of Kirby Smart uh, is something that other teams have to overpay for to try and catch up. And I think, by and large, they want to get football players that just love to play football, that they go out and they're like, man, we get to practice today. I get to see how much better I can get against a first-round offensive tackle or a first-round defensive end. They love that part about Georgia. I think that's the priceless part about Georgia where, say, Georgia's a couple hundred thousand dollars or way lower than the highest bid out there. I think, they, I think that you can put a price on that development as well. We're getting closer to commitment day for Tyler Williams, a wide receiver. We've talked a pretty good bit about. I believe September 27th is the day that he's going to announce. This is one that you've written about, Jeff, and I think at one point in time, and maybe even still, Georgia fans have felt pretty good about Williams. Um, any reason for that to change? Any new information here? And is this still as much of a priority decision for Georgia when Williams gets ready to pull the uh, trigger on his announcement? Yeah, very much a priority, Brandon. It's one of the elements that are in my, that's in the weekly Dog Nation Gimme 5 segment that will go up this morning and maybe about the next 30 minutes after I get off the call with you. But Williams is important, Brandon, because I think he's a four-star that looks like a five-star. He plays like a five-star. Brandon, good gosh almighty Joe Friday. I don't break that exclamation out a lot, but did you see what he did last week? He had 305 yards all-purpose. He returned and he caught a, a go ball, a nine route for a touchdown. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown. He returned a punt for a touchdown. Brandon, this is South Florida big boy football, and this is 6'3, 200 pounds, returning kickoffs, returning punts. Brandon, this guy has all the tools. I think there are not 20 players in this class that have a higher upside or more football potential left to scratch than Tyler Williams does. We know he was a former quarterback. We know he did not play at all in the spring game prior to his junior year, roughly 18 months ago at quarterback. He makes the change prior to his senior year and says, hey, I'm going to play receiver. Coaches encourage him to play receiver. He has 11 touchdowns on 21 catches a year ago, gets named an All-American, and Brandon, he has been going gangbusters so far as his senior for Lakeland High in Florida. I think Miami is now a school to watch here when most people were wondering if it was if it was Clemson, if it was Texas A&M, you know, who was the schools that were really in it for Tyler Williams? You hear a lot of Miami noise. The one constant I think we've always heard is Georgia. And to piggyback on our previous topic, there was a very interesting comment that his mother, Shan Williams, made on social media a while back where she said, basically, I'm not pimping my son out to the highest bidder. We're going to earn what we get as far as football goes. And for a young man that didn't even have contact with college coaches, they didn't know who he was this time a year ago, barely, I think it's an amazing story. It is on the road. It's just about AAA with Jeff Sintel here today. And, of course, we're happy to have that. And Jeff will be on the road here a lot this weekend. 
going to see some high school football tonight, then in Columbia there on Saturday. And when you're on the road, trust AAA for all of that. You better believe as I'm traveling here this weekend, I'll have my AAA card in hand just in case something goes wrong. But AAA also there for you if something goes wrong when it comes to the insurance there too, taking care of you on all kinds of insurance products, including home insurance there as well. And one of the incentives you're going to get for getting your home insurance through AAA is what's called claim-free reward. Here's how it works. You can earn cash back for every policy year that you remain claim free that's a really cool option available to you through AAA. so make sure you uh, reach out to them find them online AAA.com slash home insurance that's AAA.com slash home insurance or you can give them a call 833-718-2075 that's 833-718-2075 jeff i was happy to see you last weekend you wrote the story by gabe harris gabe harris the guy that we've kind of talked about a lot in this show especially during the summer because he lost his chance at eligibility here in his home state of georgia wanted to transfer to valdosta had that uh, transfer request denied and then on appeal that was denied there as well goes down to img academy and kind of being out of state i've sort of lost touch with his high school uh i guess season thus far since he moved down there to bradenton but obviously img has been fertile soil for georgia in the past so for those who haven't had a chance to read the story yet or maybe not fully acquainted with the uh, Harris situation, the very impressive four-star edge commit for the dogs, uh, how have things gone for Harris since moving down to IMG Academy? Yeah, Brian, that's a great story. One of the things we try to do is keep writing about these guys once they're committed. And I think Harris uh, Harris was at Georgia for G-Day. He was a silent commitment. He committed right after G-Day, the day after, I believe. And, you know, the thing here is the road he has traveled – from that day at G-Day to being in the stands at Sanford on Saturday has made everything to his career. He transferred from Thomas County Central. One of the things, the reasons why he did so is so he could graduate early and be in Georgia in January. He is an unwavering, dedicated dog commitment, Brandon. Um, but the thing that was, was tough for him is he was not declared a bona fide move. He was not declared eligible despite many appeals by the Georgia High School Association. So there was a moment where he was like, am I going to get to be a senior at all? Am I going to get to play at all? You know what? He owes a great amount of uh, debt to with Shelton Felton at Valdosta. He changed the way he practiced. He changed the way he worked. He taught Gabe Harris that the way you practice is the way you play. And the folks I know that know that program well and tell me about him and send me video of him, is he was he was night and day, Brandon, from when he arrived by the time – August got here in terms of practice habits, tempo, motor. And what it was, Brandon, is it was a perfect bridge for him to go to IMG Academy because Shelton Felton, former head coach at Crisp County, former SEC East outside linebackers coach at Tennessee, knows way, the way the college game rolls and he knows what to look for in college players and how to train future college players. And that eased the transition for Gabe Harris uh, from most players coming from rural areas and not big big ticket programs to an IMG Academy. And Brendan, I think he showed up at IMG and then six days later he was on the field playing. And when you play at IMG, Brandon, you are a dude amongst the dudes. There's an average of forty, thirty to forty different power five players on that roster every season. And he has excelled, Brandon. He is playing well, six four, two thirty five, two forty five, uh, on that stacked national IMG Academy roster. And the one thing, Brandon, we can look at this. Remember Bear Alexander last year? Sure. Similar path. Bear Alexander did not get his eligibility. He was not declared and vetted as eligible in Texas. And he had to go to IMG Academy to play his senior year. 
And, Brandon, there were some hard feelings. He felt like his state had abandoned him. And one of the things when he was already leaning to Georgia, Bear kind of felt that, you know what, if they're not going to help me out, if they're not going to take care of me, if they're not going to um, empower me to play football in Texas, you know, they may have been interpreting the rule book by their exact form and nature, but just left a bad taste. And Bear knew he wanted to go to Georgia for sure after all that. He knew he was leaving the state of Texas, whereas Gabe Harris, uh, could have went a different way, especially how he didn't get declared eligible in the state of Georgia, and yet he could not be stronger to the dogs. He said he knew he was going to be a dog from his first time he made a game day visit, and he just can't wait to get to Georgia, loves Georgia. He's actually recruiting in Pembaugh very hard uh, for the dogs as well um, in the class of 2023. I know it went a long way there, Brandon, but it's one of those great stories that you can only tell those stories on a platform like this, or you can always share those things when you follow these young men very closely. Jeff, it's great stuff. Thanks for being here on the road. Assisted by AAA. We'll see you in Columbia tomorrow. I know you've got some good high school football you're going to be covering tonight for us here at Dog Nation there as well. So we'll look forward to reading that, seeing you, and having you back here on the road. Assisted by AAA again very soon as well. Yeah, Brandon, can't wait. I'm excited. I get to see a Georgia commitment play on Friday night tonight. Can't wait. All right, looking forward to that. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, good stuff from Jeff Sintel there on the road. This is by AAA, and, of course, we'll have plenty more stuff at dognation.com. But all the UGA commits in action here on Friday nights. We're also a couple of minutes away from getting an update on the weather for Saturday in Athens. Our good friend Ella Dorsey, big dog fan, CBS 46 meteorologist. She'll join us here live in just a couple of moments. Before that, though, let's go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I had my... Uh, situation finalized yesterday. I am heading on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation in December. Quick getaway post-SEC championship, pre-college football playoff, working my winter tan, which for me is very important. And listen, you can do the same thing there as well. I'm going to be on Wonder of the Seas, largest cruise ship in the world, but whether you're on one of those big Oasis-class ships or one of the uh, other ships in the fleet there for Royal Caribbean, just a great time to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation and a great time to think about the Dog Nation cruise there as well. Coming up this April, April 24th through the 28th, of course, RoyalDogs.com, the website to go to to find out more about this Dog Nation cruise vacation. You can also call our good friend Jessica Slater from Dream Vacations at 770-718-9147. Even if you've just got questions about, okay, what's it going to be like? What's Independence of the Seas? The ship we're going to be on, what's it going to be like? Tell me about NASA. Tell me about Perfect Day, Coco K. Tell me about all these things. Jessica can answer those questions for you. And tell you about how if you'll book your cruise between now and September 30th before the end of this month. I think earlier I said Halloween was the end of this month. Halloween's next month. But between the end of this month, you can get $100 onboard credit for our time there on Independence of the Seas. So make sure you check that out. RoyalDogs.com, that's the website. Or call Jessica Slater, our good friend, the travel agent who's helping us at 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. All right, as we're cruising around the SEC with Royal Caribbean right now, let me give you a few thoughts on the biggest games of the weekend. These are also the games that we're picking tonight as a part of Go With The Flow, presented by R.S. Andrews. I'll start with Georgia against South Carolina. Dogs have been about a 24.5-point favorite all week. I do like Georgia in this game. Now, so does everybody else apparently there as well. According to the Action Network, 74% of the spread bets right now in this game are on Georgia, and maybe with good reason. You know, we talked last Saturday going to the game against Samford that, hey, dogs not always great at home as a big favorite, 
But on the road, Georgia's actually been pretty good, covering six of the last seven road games when favored or twenty by 20 or more points. That's not an easy thing to be, right? 20-plus point favorite on the road, been covering that number in hostile territory. But Georgia's done that six times in its last seven tries, so maybe that's something to consider as you head towards Saturday in Columbia. Another big game is Miami at Texas A&M. A&M's about a five-point favorite here, despite the fact we saw them look awful last Saturday against Appalachian State. Now, I can tell you this. There is some in the gambling market, which is sort of called sharp money. There is some sharp money coming in on A&M right now. A&M getting a little healthier on defense as a maybe reason for that, but I can't do this. I cannot be on the side of the Aggies right now, and I feel like I'm sort of grasping at straws a little bit, but Part of my thing is, what story do I want to tell myself if I lose? Well, I don't want to tell myself I backed an A&M team the week after they laid an egg offensively against Appalachian State. So I'll take Miami here in this spot. 75% of the spread bets on Miami. The Aggies just 6-6 six and six in their last 12 at home against the spread. I think that number goes to 6-7. and seven. I think Miami probably wins the game outright. But uh, A&M, I can't back them minus the five points there. The game I probably feel the strongest about for the upcoming weekend is Penn State going to Auburn? I think there's a chance that Auburn is terrible. And I know that I sound like sort of Johnny Georgia fan when I say that. But, y'all, we keep a record of our picks. We try to get them as right as we can. Some days we do better than others. Like, I try to be as objective as I possibly can be here on this. I have not liked what I've seen from Auburn at quarterback. Zach Calzada was brought in that program to win that job and failed to do so. And now with TJ Finley and a little bit of Robbie Ashford, you kind of have quarterback by default. Somebody has to play the position. I don't think that Finley or Ashford right now are showing themselves very capable to do that. They're a three-point underdog to Penn State there on Saturday. I think they lose the game and probably in not quite such a you know great fashion. Penn State's actually been pretty good on the road. Six and two in their last eight against the spread when away from home. Uh, 52% of the spread bets so far on Penn State. I think that's the right side to be on. I think Penn State wins this game easily and convincingly. I think Auburn is setting itself up to be one of the worst teams in the SEC. LSU-Mississippi State's also an interesting game too, especially interesting for Georgia fans simply because of the fact that Mississippi State is a team that Georgia will travel to play in November. And right now, I think Mississippi State's pretty good. I think their win last Saturday night, very late at Arizona, probably better than you realize. They are favored in Baton Rouge. We're going to see LSU as a home underdog this year more often than we're used to seeing. In this particular case, though, I think it's the right thing. I think through two games, we have an example of a good team and a bad team. Mississippi State right now is the good team, and they're the one to back minus two on the road. I was going to give you BYU-Oregon stuff. Let me just say here really quickly that I think that BYU might be the best non-Power 5 team in the country. I think I think there's a chance that BYU gives you a big statement at Oregon on Saturday this is probably a team worth watching, but we'll save our conversation on that for another time. Instead, here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, let us find out about the weather situation. You like Georgia minus 24 and a half on the road? Obviously, the weather conditions in Columbia, a big part of all of that. So our good friend from CBS 46, Ella Dorsey, here to help you out with all of that. Now, Ella, here's my understanding. You tell me because you're the weather expert. I am not. Historically, when Georgia's gone to South Carolina, it has been oppressively hot. That's going to be hot tomorrow. My understanding is maybe not as bad as it's been before. Is that kind of your read on the situation? Yeah, so Columbia, first of all, let me say, is the armpit of America. That is just my personal take on it. (laughs) They have really, really dense humidity in, in central South Carolina. So usually when we play them, which tends to usually be actually in the first half of the season, the humidity is just 
unbearable. That will not be the case tomorrow. So if you are headed to South Carolina to see the game, um, temperatures around 9 a.m. are already around 70 degrees, but that's comfortable. Lots of sunshine. It is going to be warm. Kickoff looks like 80 degrees, and by the end of the game, 85. So not too bad. Humidity will not be oppressive. Make sure you're wearing sunscreen, though, because even though it's not super hot, the sun is still really strong. You're going to be directly in it through the game a hat remember that or you will burn your head um here same thing just a few degrees cooler the weather looks fantastic throughout this weekend so finally after the last two weeks where the weather was iffy we're getting a really nice forecast for this weekend yeah this is sort of like the thing we have in atlanta a lot it's sort of like the pre-fall where you sort of think it is fall and then it only stays for a couple of days and then it's like you know a gazillion degrees again this is kind of that yeah. sort of like false start for fall that we almost always get it it seems yeah, like have you it's like you are here and it's fall, fall and then you get the second summer yeah we're back up into the 90s by the middle of next week but we're not going to see any rain over the next week is really nice after one of the wettest summers ever on record so that'll be nice um and it looks like that 90 degree days will be thursday wednesday thursday friday of next week and then by next week and we start to cool off again so good news there and i know i i was you that we are highly favored in South Carolina. Do you remember, Brandon? I'm sure you do, because this was an awful day. 2019, mm-hmm. we lost our time to them at home. I think everyone remembers that. To me, that sticks in my head as one of the worst losses we've had because it, it, we were like 14 point favorites. I don't think that that's going to happen again. I don't think that there's a chance of that. When you heard Kirby, like, clips about him of him talking on wake up Atlanta this morning he was like well you know this is our first road game it's going to be a great experience for the new guys because they've never been on the road and it's like blah 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 blah. Kirby you're really just saying we're gonna win the game (laughs) you know what I mean I think sometimes going back and remembering some of those bad games is actually really enjoyable in a weird way kind of enjoyable for some Georgia fans now because it is a reminder of just how much things have changed that this is not that long ago it's just 2019 but in the last couple of years, I think that Georgia has earned so much confidence because of the fact that they haven't laid an egg like that in quite a while. And I do think on the basis of everything that Georgia's kind of shown you, especially along the way towards winning a national championship this year, you know, the odds of Georgia having such an awful day, such a terrible, you know, you know, you know, awful day like I had back in 2019, the odds are that's just probably not going to happen with this team right now because they just seem to be so dialed in. It's just not. I was actually just talking to Rodney. He's another meteorologist in Wake Up Atlanta, and he went to Texas A&M, and I was asking him about last weekend and what he thought of the game, the fact they lost to App State. And he's like, oh, we paid our coach $100 million. We can't lose a game like that. And I, was, I just was having the memories of the Mark Richt era at least once every season. We had a game like that that just – ripped your heart out you know and and we haven't had one in a couple years and i don't want to you know knock on wood but it just doesn't feel like this is that kind of team anymore under Kirby. play better teams like florida or a tennessee then then i think there'll be more of a discussion this south carolina team just isn't an impressive team you know what i mean so i don't We'll let you go on this. Uh, Some folks had a little bit of a difference of opinion about what they saw last Saturday. Overmatched opponent. Georgia won easily, but it was kind of like a non-eventful game. How'd you feel about what you saw last Saturday against Sanford? I think that the number, what, 33 points, whatever. It it 
matter that we didn't score 60 or 70 points. I'm sure we ran the plays that we were wanting to play. We practiced the plays we wanted to practice. I mean, they didn't score a single point on us, so that can, there's something to be said there. You know what I mean? I, I just don't – I don't think games like that you can really – we don't have to go into every game looking for 70 points like we scored against Oregon. We scored that many points against Oregon because that was a statement. You know what I mean? You score 30 points or 70 points against a team like Stanford, it doesn't really mean much. You know what I mean? So I'll be interested to see what we put on the board this week against South Carolina because that'll be a little bit of a statement game as well. All right, Ella, remind us one more time. Early mornings there on CBS 46 and throughout the day there as well. How can we find you on TV throughout the week? Wake Up Atlanta every morning on CBS 46, 430 to 7 and 9 to 10. And guys, in two weeks, we are launching a completely new brand. It's called Atlanta News First. It's super exciting. Brand new million dollar studio being built. It, it, it looks like national quality studio in there. Instead of having a green screen, we're going to have a huge panel wall, a lot of new technology. We've hired like 40 or 50 new people. So we're really excited. We're launching a lot of new things in the next couple of weeks. So I hope that you will tune in and check it out. Well, Ella, we're excited about that. But we're also excited to have you here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger today there as well. Thanks for being here. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Bye, Brandon. Good stuff there from Ella Dorsey, CBS 46. It is going to be an awesome new studio there for them. That's going to be a really cool rollout. And they're also a great partner of ours there as well. When it comes to high school football on Fridays, you can watch our game tonight streaming at CBS46.com there as well. Ella's a great dog fan and also really good with the weather. And I guess I've always kind of wondered, like, why is it so hot in Columbia? Dense humidity. You know, that was the phrase we were given there. Dense humidity to explain all of that. And that's kind of a cool thing to know. Let me tell you what else is cool to know. That's our friends at the Finnish Long Drink. How great is the Finnish Long Drink? When it's hot in Columbia or when it's hot wherever you are, when it's enjoyable like it is here, a little patio weather, a little uh, back porch weather right now, the Finnish Long Drink, a great choice for all of that. It's time for our big finish here presented by the Finnish Long Drink here on a uh, Friday. And I want to give a shout out to our buddy Mark Morris who shows himself off enjoying himself the uh, finished long drink here right now. So I try to figure out which camera we're looking at here for a moment. Um, yeah, there you go. Now we're, now we're here. Uh, the finished long drink. Uh, Mark Morris enjoying himself a part of that. So we'll, we'll acknowledge him as part of our big finish here today. He says, I'm practicing the art of chugging the long drink quickly so I don't miss any touchdowns like I did in the Oregon game. Can't miss touchdowns while slowly tipping the can. I want the best of both worlds. Of course, we always drink responsibly, and it looks good to see uh, Mark doing that there, too. Uh, how about the beautiful backdrop, the uh, foliage and the palm trees? See, this is when I think about the finished long drink, this is kind of what I think about right here. The beautiful outdoor, obviously looking like Florida there with the palm tree situation going on and the, uh, uh, the great, gorgeous outside uh, situation there. So Mark having a great time, getting ready for some Georgia football there on Saturday. Mark, glad you're enjoying that. It's a great shot of you with the finished long drink right there. And you're kind of like me. I like the traditional in the blue can, the grapefruit flavor, the gin kick. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail in the can. And if you want to be just like Mark and enjoy yourself some finished long drink for the big game coming up on Saturday, go to thelongdrink.com and you can find out more about that. Whether it's the traditional in the blue can that Mark is drinking there or that I like, or the long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. I've heard from some of you lately who love that. Long drink zero, that's no carbs, no sugar. Long drink cranberry, uh, that's a really good choice there as well. A lot of the folks in my neighborhood have always enjoyed that. Just try the longdrink.com and you can find out a lot more about how to get ready for all of that. Great weekend coming up. We love the weekend around here. We love football weekends in particular, and we love having the finished long drink with us 
as a part of all of that. So more at thelongdrink.com. Also, a little earlier, you heard me giving out my picks for this weekend. We'll do more of that on Go With The Flow tonight here, presented by R.S. Andrews and the Dog Nation video channels, including some of my best bets. I've got three best bets for you tonight in addition to what I gave you there, although one of those may be impacted by some late injury news. So we'll uh, we'll figure all that out. Maybe we'll put a disclaimer on the screen as I'm reading some of that kind of stuff out. But the point is, if you know more about picking games than I do, and let's face it, you probably do, the way for you to show your knowledge and all that is with our friends at MyBookie. You can sign up for a MyBookie account today and you're going to be a winner before you even place your first bet because whatever money you're put into the account, my bookie is going to put that same amount of money in for you. They're essentially going to double your first deposit. So you put in 300 bucks, they'll put in 300 bucks for you. You have $600. You can do this all the way up to $1,000. So that's a great way to get extra ammunition for what you want to do uh, for your sports betting weekend. Obviously, coming off an NFL night last night, uh, college action there on Saturday, heading into week two of the NFL on Sunday. All these games are more fun to watch when you got a little bit of action down on the game. Our friends at my book, you give you a chance to do that. Prop bets, you want uh, totals over under, you want the uh, money line, uh, how, you know, but the spread side, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can do that with our friends at my bookie. Pretty much anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Find them online, but to take advantage of the great promo offer, the the hundred percent deposit bonus, the deposit match. You've got to use the promo code Dog Nation for that. One word, spell the way it's supposed to. D-A-W-G, promo code Dog Nation, and you can take advantage of that. You'll put in money. They'll put in that same amount of money for you. They'll double that first deposit up to $1,000. After that, you play. You win. You get paid with our friends at MyBookie. So make sure you enjoy that today. But you've got to use the promo code Dog Nation. All right, before we fire up the fight song, close this out. We have... A little bit of a tradition around here on Fridays. We like to kind of do sort of a what we call a kind of a Friday shoe dump. We give out several golden shoes on Friday because I'm almost always behind schedule in terms of uh, getting these out. So we want to uh, honor a few folks who've sent some cool stuff to us. And some of this is actually really, really funny. So let's throw up the first one here and acknowledge this one. This is both funny and serious. Sugar Ray, some of y'all know Sugar Ray from UGA on Twitter. He's always, he's, he's very funny on social media. And uh, uh, JD Dogwalker shared this with me that uh, uh, he said, I went on vacation in May, came back with a bug, was sick for a week, then hurt, uh, uh, back out two weeks, got COVID out three weeks, got two wasp stings on the foot. I may have broken a wrist today drilling in the dirt uh, as the auger hit a rock, spinning the drill in my hand. And so you see him there in the hospital. He says, bubble wrap is my friend. Uh, he's obviously had a little bit of a rough go of it here as of late. So we're going to send thoughts and prayers out to our buddy Sugar Ray, but he's always in great spirits, always doing funny stuff on social media. And I want to say thank you to JD Dogwalker who made sure I saw that there too. So we love Ray around here. I know a lot of you really do there too. And so we send him our best wishes to be feeling better there soon. Uh, D. Roberts also shared this with me. South Carolina fans this week, this is that Game of Thrones me a meme from the king from season one who's like, give me something for the pain and let me die. He says that's what South Carolina fans are saying this week, and I would say that's probably true. D. Roberts, you're right about that. We'll make you a golden shoe winner for today there as well. Thad Stokes sent this in. I need to kind of explain this for a moment. So earlier this week I told you, that I got a golden shoe submission that was uh, too gruesome to show on the air. I didn't know if the sensors, the, uh, what do you call it, the standards and practices. I didn't know if we could get this past standards and practices. It was a uh, like a 
Gator roadkill thing. And what he said was, hey, this is what Kentucky did to Florida, which is obviously very true and both very funny. But I said, hey, this may be too gruesome for me to show on the air. So Thad Stokes sent it back to me with the censored black box over the Gator roadkill. Uh, He says, Gators wish that whole game was censored. It's very funny, very well done, great sense of humor. We'll give a golden shoe to Thad Stokes there too. Uh, uh, Stan in Chucktown sends this to me. He says, B.A., even a blind squirrel can go on the Fine Bomb show. And what it shows off is Eddie from Florida calling in. Obviously, this Eddie right here is not from Florida. Our Eddie, the official mascot of Dog Nation Daily, is from the great state of Georgia. And he'll accept no imposters, but that is a very funny statement. So we'll give out a golden shoe for that there as well. Of course, don't forget you can go to uh, dognation.com and get your Eddie t-shirts. Just click the link right there at the top. We've also got some other cool stuff coming up very soon there too. You may get a little bit of a preview of that if you check out the store. But the Eddie t-shirt in red, gray, and black, it is there for you. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and finally, there's this. Our good friend, uh, Bassin Dog, who a lot of you know on Twitter sent this to us, the only natty Gators fans have had in the last 5,000 days. And you see some Florida fans looking very much like Florida fans uh, toasting some natty light there as they enjoyed themselves. Listen, I will never sort of tarnish the sanctity of natty light by saying that uh, Florida fans uh, would be touching their lips to that. But indeed, that is the case. That's the closest they've come to an Addy in the last 5,000 days. And with that, a great way to close out the show and remind you today, as the music fires up and get going, that this is a very special weekend for the Gator Hater Updater. Today on the Gator Hater Updater, we sit at 4,999 days. That means tomorrow, when we're in Columbia, for a beat down against the the, uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks, while there on that soil, it will be th- exactly five thousand days since Florida has won a national championship. Now, at one point in time, I sort of had the idea on the five thousandth day we were going to do a Gator Hater five k, but me being sort of disorganized and lots of ideas, very little in the way of execution, we did not get our Gator Hater five k together. <laughs> So if tomorrow you want to do, remember back in the pandemic, we're doing virtual 5Ks, things like that. If you want to do your virtual 5K, you can do that. We'll give you credit for doing so. But whether we do one or not, it's been 5,000 days for them. So they've won a national championship. And we love the idea of that. Here's what else we love there as well. Coming soon in Jacksonville, Florida, 43 days from right now. Dogs beating up on those lousy, stinking gators again. We will see you in Columbia tomorrow. Petri TV tonight and back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast cool down. Of course, we'll take your comments here either on Twitter or on the comment section there at dognation.com. Pete's dogs, going back to yesterday's show, says, I'm going to put this as pleasantly as possible. Takeo Spikes is an imbecile. So no fan of Spikes. After Spikes back in the summer predicted South Carolina to beat Georgia. Dallas dog responds back to that, though, saying he may be an imbecile, but the game hasn't been played yet either. We felt the same way about the Gamecocks back in 2019, and we were playing at home that year. I hope there are at least a couple of players still around who can remember. Who, excuse me. I hope there are still a couple of players around who can remind the younger guys about that. Go dogs, Dallas dog says. Yeah, we talked about that with Ella Dorsey a little bit earlier. That you know, one of the things when you go back and kind of reconsider some of like the worst moments in program history, recent program history, I think it almost kind of provides a comfort of gosh. Man, Georgia as a program has just come such a long way since then. Old Dog 76 weighing in on that too, saying it's all about Smart's team standards. And certainly Georgia is the kind of program now where you don't expect much of a drop-off game-to-game, week-to-week. 
you know, they may not play their A-plus game each and every Saturday, but the kind of D-minus type game that it takes to lose to a team like South Carolina, you don't typically expect to see that. And hopefully on Saturday we're not disappointed in terms of how that plays out too because the thought here is is that Georgia comes out and shows you what Georgia's all about here once again. So great comments. Thanks for being here as a part of our podcast, Cool Down. We appreciate you being a part of our show every day on podcast. Happy to have the Apple player back serving you the way that it has in the past. And hopefully whichever podcast platform you use to listen to the show, that you're getting exactly what you've come to expect. So enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you back here uh, Monday for the podcast Cool Down when it's all said and done. Presented by R.S. Andrews, the one you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised, the price that's promised, including getting the air conditioning unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs. You can find them online for more on that at rsandrews.com and Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger there as well. Enjoy the game. We'll see you Monday, everybody.